Welcome in, hockey fans in the desert southwest. Another special edition, our uh, bi-weekly, I guess we call it, Paul. Every uh, yeah, every two weeks week. we do a, uh, a do a little podcast called Do You Believe in Miracles? Highlighting ReliveTheMiracle2020.com, which is coming to Las Vegas, Nevada in uh, February. Celebrating 40 years of the gold medal hockey team. Uh, two weeks ago we did... Uh, Four players. We're right. gonna do four every every podcast. So do a little chat, give you a little insight into some players, and maybe just tease you enough to go back and research and see some of these guys because we'll give you some information. But go back and find out what they did and uh, what they're doing now because I think that's pretty cool. Um, well, so hey. here it is. Do you believe in miracles? Paul Hornstein, my co-host on Long Island in New York, Scott Strandy here live in Scottsdale, Arizona. The event itself, Thomas and Mack Center, February 22nd, Las Vegas, Nevada. Paul Hornstein, how are you? I'm good. Uh, you know, I, I like talking about this. I was trying to explain it to my 15-year-old son, um, but it's hard. He can, first of all, he's not really a, a, a big sports, he's not a sports guy at all, uh, which people make fun of because they like to tease me about it, but <laughs> it is what it is. Um right. I was trying to explain it to him. He kind of gets the idea of the fact that it's considered the the, the greatest sporting event of the night, you know, of the of the last century, and he kind of understands the underdog versus David versus Goliath stuff. But to really try to explain to him the whole situation. He understands cold the Cold War. He understands uh, the the two sides of that, but trying to can make him understand that the things were intertwined off the ice as much as they were on the ice mm-hmm. was just something that at that particular moment in time I, I I couldn't get through to him. And when people talk about this. And people understand that they touch on it in the movie, but obviously that was more for background and kind right. of just getting people up, you know, a feel for where things were. Uh, obviously, you and I having been lived through that, and we were only teenagers at the time, um, people don't, especially if you didn't go through it or weren't really kind of aware of of how much of of that crossroads of of the event and and just what it meant he said the the players to them it was just a game or and just a, a, an olympic tournament but uh, for uh, for everybody else because of how it turned out it ended up being much more than that and like i said to try and explain it with even if person somebody has the context of how big of an upset beating the Soviets was and the concept of the Cold War and where we were, without that emotional hook of where we were as as a society at that time, I don't know if it holds the same impact. And I guess that's what we're here trying to promote and have people go to this event and make them under and have people see it, you know. I, I think that 
you know, you like I said, you get a taste of it in the movie Miracle, but it's it's hard to translate that without a lot of time. Exactly, and I think Jeff Holbrook, the guy that uh, puts this all on, says it best a couple of different times in our in our interview a month ago now when I had a chance to sit down with him in Las Vegas. Um, this was about a group of guys that changed history, and, and we always yeah. talk in the hockey hockey history, right? Wayne More Gretzky, than just hockey. yeah, but but Wayne Gretzky being traded from Edmonton to L.A., what that did for the Sun Belt and the non traditional markets. Wayne Gretzky himself has told Jeff several times that the uh, 1980 gold medal team did as much or it set the to, foundation. It set yeah, the foundation as what as what his move was. Okay, without that, Gretzky to L.A. is big, but it's not as big. Right. Yep. I mean, this is the whole country. So let's jump into it. Uh, right. We did we did four last week. This week we got. Uh, we got four more. We got David Silk. We got Ken Morrow. All and right. we got two more Minnesotans because I'm having a hard time finding Minnesotans on that team. So I want to. Yeah, get there aren't too many. So you want to get them as quickly as fast. I can get. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. so Steve Kristoff and and also David Christian. Um, uh, as you know, I'm from Minnesota, so this was a, a big thing from from my standpoint. A lot of these guys were household names to us growing right. up. We watched them play high school hockey. Um, David Christian came from the Christian family of hockey sticks. Yep. Uh, many times been through the Warroad factory uh, where his uh, dad and uncle uh, manufactured hockey sticks. Yeah, for a long time. Sticks, Paul, if you can believe that. Oh, uh, yeah, I actually still have, still have them. They made wood. Wood. Wood yeah. Christian sticks. I still have anyway, them. Anyway, yeah, nice. Uh, <laughs> Sitting in my okay. garage. Where do you want to start? Who do you want to start with? Because I always throw this to you because I know how much fun you had researching these guys and, and doing the background on them. So who do you want to start with, Paul? Well, let's start with Dave Silk. Um, a lot of these guys have some very interesting connections. And, uh, you know, it's it, it, it was fun to find out some of these things that you didn't really know. Uh, Silk played over a dozen years in the NHL with a bunch of different teams. Uh, he was one of the Boston players, uh, one in, was one of the national champions at BU. Um, was a good skater, not a big guy, as most of those guys in that team weren't. Um, played for the Rangers, played for the, 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 the Red Wings, the Jets, um, and played a, a couple of years for the Bruins. Um, was not a big goal scorer. He had a couple of years where he was in double digits, but for the most part, um, he probably averaged about 10 goals a year in the NHL. Uh, not even that much. Um, he probably averaged about maybe less than, than 10 goals a year because uh, he didn't score a lot, but he was a good penalty killer. Uh, he came from an athletic family. Um, he won his national championship at BU, um, is the cousin of somebody who uh, inspires a lot of emotion in this neck of the woods. Uh, one, mis one Mr. Mike Milbury. <laughs> um, right. Um, most hockey fans know him now as the guy that works on NBC. Uh, Mike Milbury is... 
was a long connection to the Islanders, and some would say that that was not so positive. <laughs> Folks, I would this agree. Is an Islander I, fan, that's uh, I would agree with right that now. to a certain extent. But um, you know, like I said, Silk was a good skater, killed penalties, uh, stayed out of the box. He was a typical uh, guy that was on that team. Uh, he was playing on the second line, playing on the third line. Um, Does the know, term grinder come to mind when you think of David Silk? I don't know if you could call it most of these. Most of these, I don't know if these guys were grinders. Yeah, I think you know we said it two weeks ago. These guys were kind of ahead of their time. These guys were playing now. I think they would have had much more success with the way that the game is opened up, the way that they're calling the game now, trying to get the stick work out of the game. Uh, I think these guys were just ahead of their time. Uh, we know Herb Brooks was. So, oh, yeah. um, and when we say Silk, we talk about him. Say You play 13 years in the NHL, whether it's every game or uh, you're a part-time player, you still had a pretty good career if you played 13 years in the, in yeah. the NHL. So Probably pretty good, too, for 13 years. You know. Um, <laughs> that one just went with the school teacher. Let that one just go right over. Yeah, the man, we're not even going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> the the other interesting thing that's connected is, and these are the things you find out when you're looking. To, his grandfather played on the 1916 World Championship Red Sox. So <laughs> how's that, right? Yeah. So how great? I mean, uh, how great is that? I mean, who? who <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, that, and that's the thing. A lot, of, and that's why this is so important to me is that a lot of people don't understand the backstory of these guys, and that's why when it was approached to me saying, hey, do you guys want to do something with this? I said, I asked you, I said, are you interested in doing this this research? Because, hey, quite frankly, my time is uh, is really tied up down here in the desert yeah, southwest with the teams we have. And you jumped on it. And so there you go. David Silk, I believe number eight was that uniform number on David uh, I Silk. I remember the numbers. Yeah, it was eight. Part uh, okay, so let's you, jump you into buddy. Kenny Morrow. Or you got you got more on Silky. No, that's pretty much on on, on Silk. Uh, see, we also we were going to talk about Kristoff, talk about Dave Christian, and my guy Kenny. Uh, Kenny Morrow, because he's. Okay, uh, yeah. I, I want you to lead into him because uh, he's got a little tie there. Um, yeah, a lot of the tie here about Kenny Morrow is personal. I'm not going to lie. Right. Um, you know, going into this thing, I was watching him <laughs> closely because I knew he was an Islander draft pick. And, uh, you know, he very quickly became one of my favorite players. Uh, before we get into any of the, you know, when people ask, you see people wearing jerseys all the time. And, right. and, and people will ask the question, well, whose name would you put on a jersey? I said, first of all, I'm not putting anybody's name on my jersey. <laughs> I said, okay. I said, that would be the only name. I, and even that, I get the two jerseys you see sitting behind me. There's a number on them. There's no names on them. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I I always say if, when when they start wearing my name on the back of their jersey, that's when I'll start wearing their name on the back of my jersey. <laughs> but if you sat there and said to me, "You have to put somebody's name on the back of your jersey that's not yours," this would be the guy. Ken this Morrow. would be the guy. Kenny Morrow would be the guy. Um, first How of all, how many years with the Islanders? He put. He's still he's still with them. 
okay, on the ice, playing oh, on the ice. Oh, well, I know he's still with them. He's a uh, lifer well, he there. Played, he played ten years on the ice. Uh, I happened to had previously bought tickets for his NHL debut on March first, nineteen eighty. Uh, it was a 4-3 loss to the Red Wings at that time. Um, but Kenny was the ultimate defensive defenseman. And how? Uh, he, 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 he was good enough. And this is kind of part of the mythology of that team. Uh, Herb Brooks had a no facial hair rule, which would have ruled both of us out. Right. Um, <laughs> but supposedly, he said... The, the the long he had to he was afraid that Morrow would get pissed off and not play because he basically was a full lumberjack kind of guy with the and how yeah um which is kind of weird because if you watch the movie the guy who's playing him doesn't have one but that's right. besides the point right. um one See, of the one one it's one of the reason, few things they got wrong, by the way. It's one, one of the few things they got wrong. But, okay. but one more reason why you need to come to Las Vegas, Nevada, the Thomas and Mack Center on February 22nd and get the real story. I know you millennials have had a chance to see the, the movie. It's great. The movie's fantastic. But guess what? These guys are in the flesh. They're going to tell the stories. A lot of behind-the-scenes things that you have never seen or heard will be told at the Thomas and Mack Center. February 22nd, 2020, 40 years after the gold medal winning hockey team won yeah. the gold in Lake Placid, New York. Paul, go ahead. And he was the, the first guy to win a gold medal in a Stanley Cup in the same year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, his play and how advanced he was at that point um, was a key in allowing the Islanders to trade for Butch Goring. All who right. became that second-line center that they needed to balance out some scoring uh, and, and help them go on to win four cups. Um, you know, and like I said, he's still with the organization. It's been the only team he's ever known. He's been a pro scout for them basically since he retired. And, uh, you know, they... Not, not a bad gig. If you can not get a bad gig. Um um, he had lots of knee problems, and that's kind of what forced him to retire. But it's not bad. You can go from winning a, a gold medal uh, to going right into the NHL and basically playing with Hall of Famer Dennis Potvin as your defense yeah, partner. Right. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll from basically from, nice. from, from the get-go. Um, the Islanders ended up trading Dave Lewis and some other pieces uh, that had been there for a while for Butch Goring, and the rest shall they say is history. And uh, you know, uh, he played the game kind of the way I th- think most games as defense and team first. Not that these other guys didn't, but having that connection of watching him win that gold medal and then coming to play for the team that I root for, that connection was pretty much instant. And like I said, anybody can wear a five Dennis Potvin jersey or a 22 Mike Bossy jersey. If I was going to wear one that didn't have my name on it, this would be the guy. And I don't know if I can pay a better or a bigger compliment to somebody than that. Well said. 
Okay, let's move on to a couple Minnesota guys. We did find a couple on the roster that were from the great state of Minnesota, so let's bring yeah, it on. <laughs> let's start with, with Steve Kristoff, the, mm-hmm. uh, the Minneapolis area, Richfield, Minnesota native, um, University of Minnesota. I watched him uh, play with my good friend Neil Broughton uh, at the University of Minnesota, watched them win a NCAA championship in 1979. Watched him be kind of the big brother to Bratz, if you will. Uh, you know, when we get to Neil Broughton, you're going to find out that... Uh, well, don't tell up, me now. Growing, well, let me, te- let me tease it just a little bit. Growing up, he was uh, a little feisty, let's say, right? He liked to uh, stir things up. Uh, and I'm sure he's going to tell us that as well. Yeah, he liked sure. to stir things up. And a lot of times he, he would start it and get the heck out of there and let somebody finish it. So Steve Kristoff was kind of that big brother at the NCAA level and also, I believe, at the, at the 1980 gold medal team. But give us a little background on Steve Kristoff since you did the work. Well, he had, it's kind of a, almost like a shooting star career in the NHL. Played five years. Couple of them with the hometown North Stars. One year in Calgary, one year oh, wait in LA. A what? The what? The North Stars. Yeah. Who are they? Um, the North Stars. They gotcha. had a big jersey with a big giant want, N on it. Yeah. Do you want to see real tears come out? Okay. Go on. <laughs> Listen. It, it. It. They were there. Yeah, okay. You can't deny they were Shush. there. Shush. Okay. They left, move on. But you move know. On. <laughs> he had a couple of years where he was in the mid roles, um, but you know he uh, he's doing okay for himself. He's uh, a, a, a big airline pilot now, and yeah. probably retired by now, or he's got to be pretty close to it. Uh, pilots last a lot longer than hockey players, right. um, <laughs> you know. Uh, but um, you know he had a good, you know, he was a big goal scorer on that Olympic team. You know, he scored, they played about 60 games pre-Olympics, and he had about 40 goals in that pre-Olympic schedule that they played. Yeah. So for that team, he was part of the big goal score, provided a lot of offense, and, you know, was was one of the players that, you know, was counted on in the clutch to, to, to be on the ice and, and, and create some big opportunities. And if Herbie was around today, Herbie would tell you he was one of his favorites. Herbie uh, really liked Steve Kristoff and the effort that he gave him, not only at the University of Minnesota, but on the Olympic team as well. So, Campy, you paid a high compliment to uh, to Kenny Morrow. I'll tell you, if, if you're a favorite of Herb Brooks, um, you, you that's a pretty big compliment as well. So, Steve Kristoff, congratulations on earning that honor from the late Herb Brooks and uh, being a big part of the 1980 gold medal team. All right, move on to another Minnesotan. Uh, they're all yeah. over the place. David Christian, um, very unique story here. So if you're not paying attention to to this, tell me a little bit about Dave Christian and his ties to Olympic hockey. Well, he's uh, – the name Christian is all over U.S. Olympic hockey. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. His father, Bill, played on the 1960 Olympic team. That uh, won a gold medal in Squaw Valley, California. His uncle Roger was still on that team. They were a big name in the uh, in in the hockey equipment business for a long, long time. I actually owned a couple of Christian hockey sticks when I was a kid. You probably uh, still have one. Uh, I don't. 
No, my stick now is a Canadian. <laughs> I don't know if that company even exists anymore, but Coho. No, those don't. Those haven't existed for a long time. I know, no, I that's to, why I'm asking. I, I used to have, have cohos too. <laughs> I used to have those too. Uh, <coughs> okay. Move people on. don't know they were. Uh, they were one of the big names in hockey equipment. You know, Jofa. like every other. Coho, Jofa, they're still around, I think. But yeah. either way, um, it's a Gretzky helmet. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, his just to go back even further, Christian's uncle. Won a silver medal in the 1956 Winter Olympics. Uh, that was the first one that the Soviets ever won a gold medal at. Uh, U.S. came in second in those Olympic Games in Italy. And just because this is what we like to do, uh, we tie everything back to Long Island. Uh, Mr. Oh, we Christian. Do, do we? Yes. Well, at least I try to anyway. Okay. Uh, Christian is the uncle of New York Islander center slash winger, usually a center, uh, Brock Nelson, who yeah. has had his best season plus in the last year or so under uh, Barry Trotz out here on Long Island. And uh, although we won't talk about yesterday's game because, <laughs> you know. But, that one didn't uh, go so well, did it? Did not go well. But, but, but Christian played over 1,000 games in the NHL. That's not a career to sneeze at. Uh, he scored over 300 goals in the NHL. Uh, he was a, a big-time player for a lot of teams, uh, played for the Washington Capitals, played for the Winnipeg Jets, played for the Bruins, played for the Blues, played for the Blackhawks. Uh, you get 1,000 games, yeah. that's, a, that's, that's a good number right there. You get Paul, to that. Paul conveniently left out the fact that he played his collegiate hockey at the University of North Dakota who currently, I believe, are they still number one in the country, Paul? Or did they? Well, don't make still. He just, just got check, there just this checking. weekend. He just got just there. And I would still say that they got there this weekend. Oh, okay. Minnesota, Minnesota State decided to play their backup goalie oh, in the second game. Oh, man. Fighting words. Yeah, that's, yeah, Hope nobody's okay. listening in North Dakota. Oh, anyway. I don't care. <laughs> so. Okay, so, so for those that don't know, Minnesota native, Warroad, Minnesota is on the Canadian border of northern Minnesota, about as far north as you can go, because if you go about a mile out of town, you cross into Manitoba. It's on Lake of the Woods, so if you're not playing hockey in the wintertime, you're in trouble because there's not much else to do. In the summertime, if you're not fishing on Lake of the Woods, um, yeah, you probably don't have anything else to do. Here's the unique thing about this. Here's the unique thing about this, Paul. War Road is... Less than 20 miles down the road from Roseau. Right. Which are both in northern Minnesota and very close together. The rivalries that you can put together in high school hockey games there are like none anywhere in the country. There were more more NCAA players and future NHLers in that little region of about 20-mile circle of northern Minnesota than you can imagine. Right, um, and if you if you look at Dave Christian right now, and he's he's made a few rounds. We'll see him down in uh, in in February. But David looks like he might still play some hockey, uh, a little I men's might. league stuff down in there. So he he pre- very well preserved. Let's put it that way. Uh, he's got a lot uh, going on. He keeps busy with a lot of different things, but he's very proud of his time with the Olympic team. He carries the gold medal. He shows it off a lot. Uh, That's good. Hopefully, a- he brings it with him. 
Yeah, I'm sure he's gonna. Well, I'm this sure way, he's if, going this, to. This, this way, if I'm there, I can I can see it. If you're there, you're gonna get your rear end there, no matter <laughs> what we got to do. Okay. Okay. So so there we go. <laughs> we we ran through the four the four players for this week. We got four more coming up in two weeks. In the meantime, let me tell you that there are opportunities to jump on our page and uh, and put your business out there with these guys for uh, for the next. What are we talking here? Eight weeks, something Not like that. Ten, ten weeks, ten weeks yeah. um, until the event. You can get your tickets if you go to www.relivethemiracle2020.com. Yeah, that 2020 part is very, very important. Very, very important. Very, right? very important. This is 40 years, so relivethemiracle2020.com. Um, memorabilia available there. You can go to the site and see some different things that they have going on. You can always tune in to us every other Sunday when these air, so you get a chance to uh, get a little background information. But I, I'm going to beat this thing down like a dead horse, Paul, because um, it, it's so different between what you and I saw as teenagers right. back then right. to what the teenagers of this year are seeing because they only know those things from TV right. and movies. They, right. they don't have – you and I have had a chance to see the TV – two different movies and the actual thing. So we right. know kind of this whole deal, but I, I think it's just such an incredible learning experience. And if you're a hockey fan at all, this is something that uh, you're going to really regret if you don't show up on February 22nd well, at Thomas and Mac tickets I, are still available. I am trying to come up with some questions to ask because if you think about it, it's been 40 years and these guys have been asked, you would think, can't possibly come up with any questions that haven't been asked already, but I'm trying. Um, <laughs> mostly because, you know, I know that they know what's coming, but, you know, if I can get one guy to, to, to be, I don't want to say surprised, but, to get a little bit of a reaction out of somebody because they got asked a question they haven't gotten asked before. Right. Um, you know, maybe you get more out of them for that. Who knows? So, but I'm trying. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. No other way around it. And listen, um, if you think that this is not a big deal, as you said uh, two weeks ago, the Golden Knights put out uh, I guess they're having an event. You said for their season Friday ticket holders. Friday night for their season ticket holders. Fifteen and minutes, they were gone. Gone. So. Yep. So if you think that this is not a big deal, uh, you're wrong because it is. And <laughs> you know, deal. for the for the most part, the next one won't. You don't know who's going to be around for the next one. You said that no. two weeks ago. Even if you, yeah, even if you wait five years, it's 45 years. But if you try to go for the 50 year, man, oh, man, you're pushing you your luck. Know. You just you're don't know. You do not know. You know, so uh, All right. do what you got to do. Get up there, get your tickets, and, 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 and be a part of this because it is one of those things that is a once-in-a-lifetime experience, a rare experience, something that you're not able to get to or even exists on a regular basis. so. And I'm going to throw the shameless plug out, plug out like I always do. Five days after my birthday, on Paul's birthday, you buy us a drink, put us at a, at a blackjack table or something for us. Uh, you know, they can do something good for us when we get there. 
we're, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a great weekend of hockey and celebrating 40 years of the miracle on ice. Paul, I always end this podcast with that one line. Do you believe in miracles? Um, we have no choice. They, they were there. <laughs> yes, they were. All right, folks, until uh, the next podcast for Relive the Miracle 2020.com. Get your tickets in the meantime, get your spots, get your tables, get up close and personal, get some autographs and pictures. This is something you will not want to miss. No. For Paul Hornstein and Scott Strandy, we will be back in two weeks to talk about another four players from the 1980 gold medal hockey team. Have a good night.